Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Amen. Wow. Father, thank you for another Sunday. Thank you that we can come together in your presence. I ask, Lord, that your will will be done. Speak to us today. And Lord, may we be glad we came to church. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Find your Bible. Let's make our confession. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. Find your Bible. Look, if your neighbor isn't holding a hard Bible. Tell them that, listen, you are walking in disobedience. I told you that we are going back to, an, to the hard Bible. Young man, are you not well? You are sick. The young man sitting down. He's not well. Hey, please, oh. <laughs> Lift up your Bible. Let's make our confession. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can take your seat. Amen. Wow. I think that some of you might want to move from where you are. Yeah. Because you may think COVID is gone. It hasn't gone. It has returned. So, and I know that some of your people have gone home. So I'm seeing that there's enough space. If you want to space, I'll do it. Are you there? If you want to what? Uh, in other words, just get a seat away from somebody. Because I see that you've been packed treachery for four like that. Yeah. That's because the rain has been disturbing, so they brought all the chairs inside. But I think this Sunday it can work if you move. Oh, you don't mind me. Am I talking to living beings or dead spirits? Yeah, just, ex- I mean, yeah. I know that you are living on top of your other yourselves on campus, but it doesn't have to be so in church. <laughs> I am living on top of yourselves. You go to the lecture room, well, tie bone to tie bone. Yeah, but uh, uh, no, I mean only one. Uh, I mean only one. I mean only one meaning, not two. <laughs> Hallelujah. But just free yourself a little bit so that we have a bit of spacing around. Amen. All right. I understand that the film stars they were late. Eh? Uh, that's why there was no film. Small rain that has caught you. Moye muhote says salt in Chene. Anyway. Well, before I start to share the word with you today, 
I want to also, I want to make an announcement that I hope you will take seriously. Amen. 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 I want us to go into a season of refreshing. Wait now. Many of you think that life is organized in uh, hard work and then holiday and hard work and holiday. It's not true. It's only when you are a student that you have, se I mean, semester exams and then holiday. But that's not how life is. Do you understand the English I'm speaking? That's not how life is. Life is just life. It's going on every day. Your enemy, the devil, he doesn't take holidays. Uh -huh. He doesn't go on holiday. There are some of you, when it's time for you to go home, we can't even reach you on phone. Chester, your demons are manifesting fully. Yeah. Because of that mind, when I'm in school, I work. When I'm at home, I'm free. Then you go and you just, what do you do? Backslide, Netflix all day, masturbation as you want, pornography on demand, talking to your neighborhood people. I mean, you basically just go into a free fall. Are you here? And it, has, it, it must stop. Then when you come to school, we have to pick you up from the gutter. You have gone to fall in all over again. Push your neighbor and say, are you the one they are talking to? Yeah, so... It is not holiday time yet, but midterms are over, and I happen to know you. As soon as midterms are over, you slide into one week of stupor. Chester, I mean, we have finished exams, we have stretched ourselves, we are done. Now I owe it to myself to have some free time. It's okay to have some free time, but it should not include your, your, your spiritual time at all, because your enemy is not sleeping. Are you there? If you walk like that, you will meet something you haven't planned. One day I met a young man. He was in my church and his house was a war zone. Every day, he and his wife. One day I just asked him, I said, but you, where did you find your wife? Then he said, hmm, pastor. I was a believer for many years, then I backslid. I met my wife in a nightclub. She used to nightclub him. Yeah, hey. Then he came back to the Lord. Yeah, so his backsliding had really cost him. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. In his right mind, he would never have chosen her or even met her. Eesh, that was really wild. <laughs> Are you in the house? So those your free times that you take spiritually, no, you don't do and you'll meet something that is a problem. Rather, learn to use it for your benefit. And so we're going to use next week for our benefit. Yes, you're going to class. What, we are, what I'm going to share with you does not affect your class at all if you're going to school. And those of you who plan to go home and vegetate, you cannot. Yeah, some of you, as soon as it was over, we saw you. <laughs> so I hope you are watching. And if they are not, their leaders, get the message to them. We are going on five days of refreshment. Monday to Friday. Amen. We are going to fast. <laughs> <laughs> fresh wind is catching us fresh wind <laughs> are you here and it's a time of prayer we're going to pray three times a day 4am to 6am will be online is that okay turn to your neighbor and say you will wake up yeah you will wake up. At the back over there, I'm talking to you. Stop sitting there like statue. I said, tell your neighbor you wake up. Uh -huh, thank you. 
Amen. And we're going to pray online. Is that okay? We're going to pray online. During that time, I will be leading the prayer. And I would have done it on Facebook. I cannot promise. My house, when you wake up today, is working. Tomorrow, it's not working. So, <laughs> you can wake up some days, Charlie. It's nice. It's flowing. But some other days, it just decides to go on holiday. <laughs> so, we'll do something. We'll do it online. And we're going to seek the presence of God. Is that okay? We're going to seek the presence of God. When the presence of God is with you, your life has a different quality. Yeah. People assume that the presence of God is with them. There are whole churches with no presence. Whole Christians without presence. Yeah. And you'll find out, you yourself make the decision whether you think Jesus, I mean, the, the, the presence is with you. <clears throat> Are you there? But I can promise you that you're going to enjoy the prayer time. Amen? We are seeking the presence of God. I've come to see that. That's what we need. When his presence comes, Charlie, we are okay. Are you in the house? Or you've not noticed that when you are a child, when your parents come, it's okay. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Your siblings may have been beating you before that, but when daddy comes, Charlie, it's over. Yeah. The house girl may have been starving you before that, but when they come, it's over. Hallelujah. How much more the presence of God. So we're going to be seeking the presence of God in this week. Amen. Then from 12 to 1 p.m., that's supposed to be lunchtime, especially for those who work. You are fasting, so you pray. You're not eating. The time you'd have used to go and eat, you are praying. Is that okay? And then from Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. every evening, we're going to be here. And we're going to continue praying and seeking God. Hallelujah. Seek the Lord. The Bible says you must seek him when you are young, before the evil days come. Yeah. Many of you are young. You don't know that there's something called evil days. Huh. And the Bible tells us that those days are there. But he also says that let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. There are times in your life, eh, things are not as you wish that they would be. But if you have spent some time coming boldly, you've just come to him, and you've spent some time with him, in that time you're going to find some mercy. In that time you're going to find some grace to take you through. Hallelujah. Are you in the house with me or you have traveled? I mean, you'll be surprised at what sometimes can happen, and you wonder that, hey, is it possible? Mm. Are you there? Yeah. One of my friends, some nice young Christian lady, a missionary somewhere. Hey, she went through some time. You wonder, are you there? Yeah, she was pregnant with her second child and the pregnancy was doing something, something, something. Meanwhile, when you are in some countries, that's when you know that Ghana is, a, is, an, is an international country. He says, hey. So Bishop, they looked at the thing and said, no, 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 she just come home because what's happening to you there, we don't know. So she came home. When she came home, she just came to land in her father's sickness. Hey. I mean, you have left Wala to come and look after yourself. As she arrived here, father is not. Oh, cry. Oh, you don't understand English. It's a time of, it's a difficult time. It will pass, but while it is happening, it's a difficult time. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. It's not what you would have wished. You'd have wished that it would come separate. This one, I'll finish it. And I'm done. And this one too. But life is not like that, oh. Tell me some way. Are you in the house or you have traveled? 
And you will not be wise if you think that difficulty will not come your way. You will not be wise at all. You will not be wise. One of our church members was there one day. He got to work. They said some money was missing. He didn't know about the money. They are coming to catch him and put him inside. Hey. He's only blessed that he has a pastor. Yeah. So his pastor, because he's in our council, but not in this church. His pastor got in touch with me and said, ah, this is what they are, they are saying. I said, no member of mine is going to know counterback nowhere. It's not happening. They said, oh, they say he'll go in tonight. Tomorrow they'll sort it. I said, it's not going. It's not happening. It's not happening at all. I said, this is Ghana. I said, he's not going inside. Because when you go inside, that's it all. You can go inside. We'll not hear of you again. <laughs> so we did that. Tell me about we did that. I was out of town. Then I remembered some members of mine who know how to stand and to let things up. And I called them. I said, please, this guy is in trouble. I don't think he's taking the money. I think they are framing him. Please, don't let him go inside. They say, we have heard. Hey. They did that. He didn't go inside. Yeah. About four months have passed. The thing they say he stole, they have found it. <laughs> If he was inside, do you know that they would have left him there? They would never have come to say that. We have seen it. We have found it. Oh, evil days. Hmm. Are you in the house? So this week we are praying. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are praying. And then turn to the neighbor on the other side and say, learn to fast. Learn it. I've actually been considering whether we are going to do sparrow or we are going to do sex to sex. I've been thinking about it. You are begging. More pachow. I'm shocked. I am shocked that as young people you don't want to try 66. I'm very shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> Some laughter is coming from somewhere. I don't want to laugh. <laughs> Amen. But whatever it is, whether it's going to be 6 a.m. or to 6 p.m. or it's going to be sparrow or it's going to be what, we are fasting. Whatever it is, we're fasting. Turn to your neighbor and say, whatever it is, we're fasting. And somebody you just said minus me. Let me answer you that it is plus you. Plus you. Plus you. Look at all the vegetables sitting at the back. It's plus you. Plus you. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I just want to preach a short but very important message. And we're going to stay there for a few weeks because I've seen that people don't believe that hell exists. Mm -hmm. and they think that hell is a figment of somebody's imagination so for the next three weeks we'll be talking to you about hell and if you decide that I won't come to church until the, the preaching on hell is over I will pray that hell will meet you where you are going <laughs> uh, you see because hell has been it's like a word you know I'm going through hell so people just think that it's just the, uh -huh. oh, I'll give him hell for what he did. That means I'm going to really blast him. So we think it's just English language. So in these three days, I want us to go into the Bible. Is that okay? Get some knowledge and get it from the Bible. And, and you see, it's the Bible that teaches us about hell, not fetish priests. <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> Hallelujah. So today I'm speaking to you what will happen to you when you die? What will happen to you when you die? 
Hey, why are we talking about death? Let me inform you that whether you talk about death or you don't talk about death, it will come. So don't be superstitious about it. Rather be a little wise and learn something about it. And we are not learning from proverbial wisdom. We are learning from the Bible. What does the Bible say about it? Because the Bible is the authority on life and death. Are you here? The Bible is the final authority. Most people who have gone to hell have not returned to tell us what is going on. So if we don't go to the Bible to understand what is going on, we'll be misled. Hmm. I don't know if I'm speaking to people in the house or push your neighbor and say, are you alive? I also need to inform you that death does not necessarily warn you. It doesn't have any age description. Some babies emerge from the womb dead. We call it a stillbirth. That's a baby who is coming as a baby and is dead. Some people too, they will live and they will beg to die. They will live. We'll be dying. I mean, we'll be drying them outside like dry fish. Put them on the side for the sun to heat small and they are begging to and they'll be around. So it, it, it does what it wants. But that's the means by which we leave this earth. And God has made it so. Amen? Yeah, God has made it so. So you may think that, oh, when death is coming, oh, I'll be 70 years old. <laughs> when we had the conference, the AOEC conference, Bishop Freddie shared with us a very interesting story of a young man who was, this one is a story, it's not in the Bible. He was in his house and death came to knock. Ko-ko-ko. When he opened the door, they said, I've come. And the young man begged him, oh, I'm not ready. I just did my midterms. I mean, my whole future is ahead of me. And they said, please, I don't know anything about that. When I've arrived, I've come to do my work. Are you there? Death had come. Then the young man got a plan. So he said, okay, okay, you come in and relax for some time. I'll go with you. But you just sit down. Went and brought death some food. You see, death was not used to such nice treatment at all. Brought him some food, brought him some drink. And death said, hey, this is what human beings are enjoying on earth, eh? And he ate the jollof and chewed the meat, drank the drink. He said, hey, it's not bad at all. Now, he had shown the young man a list and said, you see, I go according to the list. And your name is the one at the top now. So it's your turn for me to take you. The young boy said, okay, okay, but you, let's do this one first. So after eating, you know how sometimes the food in your stomach is married to your eyelids. You finish eating and then the eyes start to close. And death realized that he was feeling sleepy. So he just relaxed there and began to sleep. And while death slept, the young man took the list and canceled his name from the top and put his name at the bottom. So that at least by the time you finish all those people, no? I'm fine. Death slept for about an hour and then woke up. And when he woke up, they said, ah, you have really done something. I've never experienced this on earth before. I have not known this to happen. <laughs> so, because of what you have said, I've changed my mind. I'm no longer going to go from the top of the list. <laughs> I'm going from the bottom of the list. Oh! <laughs> What is the morale of the story? 
The moral is that when your time is up, your time is up. Hey! And so this morning, I want us to go to the, to the Bible and look at what will happen to you when your time is up. Because as for your time being up, it will be up. When it is not up, it is not up. When you hear somebody coming to say, I, I miracle, I should have died, I didn't die, it just means your time is not up. Hmm. Wow. Let's go to Luke chapter 16. We'll be reading from verse 19. A story you know very well. This is actually my favorite evangelistic story. But today I'm reading it from a certain angle. Is that okay? There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of stores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So have you seen that both died? Okay. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Mm, hallelujah. Amen. Today I just want to give you some quick lessons that we can gather from this very interesting story told to us by Jesus. Jesus was explaining to us that there were two men who died and he told us what happened to one of them. If I mentioned what happened to two but one of them they went into detail. Are you here? And this is one of the stories that tells us what happens to human beings when they die. Point number one. When you die, I'm sharing with you from our bishop's book, our father's book, How to Be Born Again and Avoid Hell. The book has been there. You won't buy, you won't read. So I've come to read it to you. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> there are two places you are going to go to. Either heaven or hell. You can't go to both. <laughs> so you see that the poor man, he saw him in Abraham's bosom. Somebody is saying that, how can he be in Abraham's bosom? Well, we don't know whether Abraham's bosom is a street or what it is. We don't know. But he was there. We don't know whether it was a corner or it was a house. Or it was, we have no idea. But this is what he told us. Then he also tells us that the rich man was also buried. Are you there? So both died and were buried. 
the, the um, poor man Lazarus, he was taken away by angels. And this other guy went somewhere else. I need to first also point out to you that it's not a matter of whether you are poor or rich. Because remember that Father Abraham on earth, he was very wealthy. And we meet him in heaven. So it's not according to your wealth. But it's according to something else. Hey. Amen. Now, if you are going to go to heaven, according to this scripture, angels will come for you. And if you are somebody who has ever been near someone who is dying, you will know that you will testify to the truth of this. That sometimes they'll tell you, I can see somebody. Sometimes they'll tell you, they've come for me. And at times when the person is going to heaven, you see a very peaceful, happy something. I'm happy to go. It's my time. I'm 85, 96, whatever. And I'm going. <laughs> are you in the house? <laughs> <laughs> you see, the film stars, they think it's a film. Catra must say, film. It's not a film. Uh, we film it just to give you an idea of how it will be, but it's not a film. It's not a film at all. Amen. Now, according to this scripture, if you go to hell, somebody else will come for you. <laughs> Because they said that he got to hell. Give us verse 22. And in hell, so the rich man, he was also there. He died and he wakes up in hell. Now, what happens? Do angels come for him too? Let's go to a scripture. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 9. If you are going to hell, you'll be met by evil spirits and some other dead people. According to the scriptures. Hell from beneath is moved for thee. To meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. As you are coming, hell is also stirred. And it opens up. And those who have gone in there before you, they are waiting for you. Come and suffer with us some. You hear people who have chicken brain. Saying that me, they want to go to hell. When I go, Michael Jackson will be there. When I go, Bob Marley will be there. It will be a big jam. It will be partying. You see, you have not read what the Bible has to say about the matter. <laughs> they too, when they arrive, whoever they are, I don't know where they are. You see, you'll be surprised. Some people you think are in hell. You'll be surprised to find them in heaven. So don't do too known. Are you there? Don't do too known at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell is meeting you on the way and many people who have escaped hell have talked about how demons have come and are dragging them to hell they'll not even wait for you to walk <laughs> when you die and you are going to hell you will go down because hell is below the scripture said hell from beneath it's moved up to, to meet you. <laughs> In Luke chapter 16 <laughs> and verse 22, the Bible says that the rich man in hell lifted up his eye. So he was down and heaven was up. <laughs> oh la la. Hmm. Are you understanding something? Hmm. When you die, 
you will discover that you have a spiritual body which is like a man the bible calls it your inward man are you here as you are there the whole of you there there's a part of you it is when that part goes that we say you the person has died that part that goes it doesn't die that's why our father has a message all dead people are still alive what is alive is your inward man and we see the inward man very clearly here it says and in hell he lifted up his eyes which eye when they were burying him did they remove the eyes he was buried with his eyes but his inward man has eyes that is why when you are a spiritual person on earth you are able to have visions and you are able to see things those eyes are your spiritual eyes and they are still awake amen that's why when they come and ask you and they say how did you see you don't know how to describe that you saw but you saw because your inward man has eyes are you there but it's not only eyes you let's continue you can see that the eyes were seen that's how you could see abraham far off okay next scripture hmm. and he cried and said into our voice ah, when he was going down did we remove his voice box Jesse, his spirit man, had a voice. That can plead for mercy. <laughs> and that he can talk and you hear. Then he said, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger. So he could see that Lazarus, as he was up there, he still had fingers. fingers. Or, we, or they cut his fingers away before they went. No. He was buried. His spirit man is. That's why we call it a spirit man. It's a. It's a person. It's a person. <laughs> that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool what. So he had a tongue. I thought, did we remove the tongue before we buried him? So you can see that even though the person had passed on and was dead, it's like the person is still alive. And that's the spirit man. Everything that you have physically, it exists in the spirit before it exists physically. And that's why this message is important. Hey. Hmm. Are you there? Hmm. So when you die, you will discover that you have a spiritual body of a man, which the Bible describes as the inward man. Wow. There's a part of you that is inside you. That's also affected by things. That's why somebody can wake up and say, my heart is broken. Your heart is broken. If your physical heart were broken, you'd be dead. But it's not a physical heart, but it's definitely something. It's on the inside. It's on the inside. And, and those things are very, very, very important. Hmm. I'm talking to some people. Oh. Hmm. Are you there? If you go to hell when you die, you will find yourself in a prison where there is endless, unimaginable distress and torment with intolerable agony. It's not a party. It's not a party. The guy says, for I am tormented in this flame. Where he said, I am tormented. 
Let's look at another scripture that will say much gives us even more. Mark 9, 43 to 44. Jesus was saying something. If your hand offends, you cut it off. It's better to enter life maimed than having two hands and go to hell. Into the fire that is never quenched. Oh. Are you there? Verse 44 say, says, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. In the HSA, where you get there, no. The thing doesn't end. Doesn't end. If you've ever gone through a painful thing before, you're always waiting for the end. You're going to sit in the dental chair. You are waiting for the end. And no matter what they are doing, it will end. But this is the place that is saying that when you get here, dear, it's not ending. You are wishing that it will end, but it is not ending. I hope you are seeing that hell is not something to joke about. And it's not something to have romantic thoughts about. You cannot experiment with your life to find out whether it is so or not. Are you there? There's a saying that experience is the best teacher. I disagree. I only agree if I can add a couple of words. Experience is the best teacher of fools. You must be a fool to need experience to teach you. Because it is a very wicked teacher. The school of experience is open to everybody. And it has many teachers. But there's no guarantee that you'll get out alive. Experience. You want to experience it. And you want to use your life to experience whether, hell no, what they say, is it true or not? <laughs> Are you there? Don't smoke weed. You say you will smoke it. You want to see whether you get mad or not. Many people smoke it and don't get mad. But I tell you that it does things to your mind, eh? A day will come where something will cross something. And that's when you'll know whether you'll be mad or not. You want to use your life. I told you, I said, don't go near the guy. You want to go and experience it. Cobra. Go and come. We'll know whether you will return with yourself intact or with a part of you gone. Yeah. You want to experience it. You tell the young man, watch yourself, watch yourself, watch yourself. Because nowadays there are sisters who are as dread as the guys and some are worse. And you want, you want to experience it, I've left you to go and experience it. Is it not experiencing, you wanted to experience and you went to open the porno page and today you are not able to get out. You want to experience it. Then every time when you finish watching the porno, you come and cry. What's the use of your tears? I said, don't do, don't go, don't do. Hey. I'm just explaining to you why I say experience is the teacher of fools. Because you have other people's testimonies to learn from. So why must you go and add yourself to it? Are you in the house? You want to experience hell? You want to taste it and see how it is? Let's continue. We are learning about hell this morning. I'm praying that as you are listening, you have put your too known self away. Because some of us are too known. 
too known. Small school that you have come. You want to use your small school, your small degree to debunk everything, to set yourself against God, the one who can do care and your life is over. Come on. I'm talking to somebody today because I'm begging you for your life. The, the pride, and you better put it down. Oh. You better put it down. As I'm telling you to put it down, I've also gone to school. You are still after your first degree. I've done my second and I've done my third. And I'm telling you that said, put it down. Put it down. By all means, do 15 degrees if that's what pleases you. That's not the point. But don't use that to allow foolish pride to enter your heart. Have you not seen the life of some of your lecturers who don't know God? Have you not seen it? Have you not seen it? They say that they have got this, they have got that, they've got, but the life, chaos, total chaos. The man cannot even hold one home together. Ah, I'm preaching. Because when I start to bargain over people's souls for hell, something does me bad. Because even as I'm speaking, I can see that some of you have planned to use your life as experiment. And I'm like, why? Why? Why would you try such an expensive experiment? Your pride is too much, or you have just come. You have just arrived on earth. You better step down. If you go to hell when you die, you will discover a place where people scream and cry for a drop of water. Nobody asks for a bottle of water in hell. At least according to the story we are told here. When you want to drink water on earth, what do we serve you? A glass of water, a sachet of pure water, a cup of water, something. I can see that people don't know what a drop is. I want to show somebody what a drop is. I need a young man who doesn't mind such things to come. Just remove your, remove your. Stand well, stand well. That's why I cry several drops. You have gone to a place, you have left earth and you have gone to a place, even on earth with all its evil. We don't serve water in drops. I used to preach in the prisons in Tamale. Even in the prison, there was a tank outside. When they want to go and bath, you'll be there, they'll come with the bucket and fetch water. Even in the prison. Even in jail, they'll get a bucket or half a bucket. But there's a place where water is measured in drops. And you, a human being with a brain that can work, you have decided that you want to live where water can be given to you endlessly and go to where it is measured in drops. How? Push your neighbor and say, How possible? How possible? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if they measure in drops. You see, that's the foolishness I'm talking about. You have not been there before. Jesus is telling us what is going there. And He is the one. The Bible says of Him that there is nothing that was made without Him. 
So he knows exactly what he's talking about. And he's telling you that over there, they measure the water in drops. And then you, a fallible human being, whose breath cry you cannot determine. When your hair falls, you cannot pick it up again. When you worry, you cannot even change your height. Then you are now standing up and saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. May the Holy Ghost clap you where you are sitting. Hey, because you must make up your mind that no matter what, this place, I won't go. I will never go to hell. No, I won't go. And it is so easy not to go that it doesn't make sense why you should go. It is not according to what you do. If it was according to what you do, I can understand why some will go to hell. The way you are lazy, no. was according to how much you prayed I can understand why some of you will go as we try to wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you cannot wake up I can understand why you think that you go there but I thank God it's not according to how much praying you prayed if it was according to how good looking you were some of you, you look like a scarambay I thank God it's not according to looks Hey, ask your neighbor that if it was according to looks, do you think I'll pass? Hey. Some of us are too fat. Some of us are too thin. Some of us are too tall. Some of us are too short. Some of us, we don't know whether we are around Rolling Stone or we are. I mean, hey, thank God. I just thank God. Hey. And some are too flat. Hey. Some of us, you know, some of us, you know, it's not even because of anything, no. It's because of where you are from. No, it's true. From now, if you've never thought about it before, from now, start to study the nations of the world. You will see that some people, they are always beautiful. If they're from certain parts, of, yeah, very, very beautiful. You see that some other people too very ugly. Hey. <laughs> Are you there or you have traveled? Hey. Recently I was looking at a certain nation. Even their women are six foot two. Yeah, six foot four. Six foot. Omuy straight to say. Your friend is saying. Like a four paper. That's the nature. That's the nature. But thank God, it's not according to looks. I said, ask your neighbor, if I, if I look at you, I'm not sure that if it were looks bad, yeah, I wonder who. I really wonder. But before teaching all these things, God made sure that he had taken care of us so that we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to go. Hell is a place you only go if you want. Ah. Yay. Are you there? If you go to hell you would, when you die, you will discover a place of unbelievable and indescribable anguish and torment. What did the rich man say? I am tormented in this flame. I am tormented in this flame. I'm ending. Are you there? Hmm. 
when you die, you will remember everything that happened on earth. Oh, but can you not see it? The man remembered. He saw Lazarus. He remembered who Lazarus was. So when he realized that his state was not good and he can't change his state, he remembered his brothers. He remembered he had five brothers who were just like him, who if he doesn't do something, they will come to the same place where he is. He remembered. That's why those of you who have suicidal thoughts, let me talk to you well. You say that if I commit suicide, then I'm gone. It's okay. Then it's over. It's not over. Oh, it's not over. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not over. You are simply going to another place where you will now remember everything. Hey, it's not over. It's the devil who is just fooling you. And if you are not born again, you will still go to hell. I'm talking to some people here. You have trailed one course. Because I trailed the course, I want to die. Somebody should slap you on the upside of your head for me. Ah! Hey! What is a trail? You will not be the first one to have had it, and you will not be the last one to have it. Oh! So, Pastor, are you saying that we should be trailing? Somebody should give me a key. <laughs> of course not. If I felt that you should be trailing, I don't bother to be praying for you. But what I'm saying is that when it does happen, pick yourself up. Let's go and rewrite. Let's go and do it again. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. Let's go and redo. Oh, just redo it. Believe God again and go and do it. Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I said, believe what? Believe God again and go and do it. Sometimes, crap, the trail is given to you so that you would have avoided the sea you would have got. When you go and do the trail, then you get an A. Yeah. Hey. Sometimes to God gives you the trail because you are too proud. He just has to let you come down a little. Tell your neighbor, come down small. Come down. Just, just come down a little. Just come down a little. Amen. So one trail or two trails, you are going to kill yourself. Ah. I mean, how? I'm just sharing with you that it's not a way out. When you get there, you discover that you are still alive. Hmm. Wow. Next one. When you die, you will discover that there's a big gap between heaven and hell. Hmm. Are you here? There's what? A big gap between heaven and hell. That's what Abraham told him in verse 26. Hmm. There's a big gap. Here on earth, there is no gap between those going to heaven and those going to hell. As we are moving around in this room, there are people going to heaven and people going to hell and there's no distance between them. Oh, Pastor, why are you saying some are going to hell? Because you have been in church since 19 Klebeho to date. You come and tell me that you were born into a church. I beg you. God does not have grandchildren, no. If you have not received him for yourself, you cannot come and stand on your parents' religion to cover yourself. I'm sorry, oh. So you can't come and tell me that I was born a Christian. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. You were born into the church. Your family was going to church. Your parents were going to church. And they carried you along. By the time comes when you must receive him for yourself. 
You cannot wake up and say, I was uh, born into Lighthouse. Lighthouse never died for you. Yeah. I said, Lighthouse, it never what? It never died for you. It's Jesus who died for you. So whether you were in Lighthouse or Methodist or Edenbio, Pentecostal, Apostles, uh, what? Revelation Society or Adventist. I don't care what you call it. Call it whatever you like. Call it whatever you like. No church died for you. So no church can save you. It is based on only one thing. And one thing only. And I'm ending. Take me to John chapter 3. And verse 3. John chapter 3. Wow. Take us to verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. John 3, 1. Let's take it from there. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. That came, that same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. You see, people just come and talk a lot of spiritual garbage. Are you there? Jesus just pushed it aside, verse 3. And said, Jesus answered. He was not even asking a question. But Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can't. And you are here. I've been preaching to you with my heart week after week when you are ready to come. Because some of you come to school, to church, when you come today, you won't come again for three weeks. How can say, Will you hear me? You are doing yourself, not me. Are you there? It was Jesus who said, A man must be born again. The question today is whether you are born again or not. This is what your salvation stands on. Nothing again. That is why to go to hell is a choice. Because they're born again, no? Oh. A cheap keke. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm ending my preaching. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when you see that every Sunday there's an altar call, we are simply saying to you that what you have believed in your heart, come and make sure you have confessed it with your mouth. Oh, but I, I, I have been confessing it near my chair, in my seat. That's okay. But I want to remind you that we have an enemy called the devil. After you have sat in your chair and you say, oh, I confess, he'll come tomorrow and ask you, who told you that you are saved? Who told you that you are born again? And you have nothing to say. But when you have risen up and you have walked forth and you have come to stand here, you can even write it at the back of your Bible. Today was the day I gave my confession. You can even say, I have witnesses. There are people who saw me get up and rise up and come and stand here to confess that Jesus is my Savior and Jesus is my Lord. So even though I'm born again and it looks as though nothing has happened, I have evidence that I'm born again. That's all. Not your height, not your strength, not where you are from. Some of you believe that you are righteous. Okay. Uh, please take me to Romans 3 23. I'd not plan to go here, but somebody's arguing with me. Can you see the scripture? All have what? Sinned. Turn your neighbor and to your neighbor and say, including you. 
have sinned. It doesn't matter who you are. When you are a pastor and you walk in the knowledge that you are a sinner, I tell you. The church is very quiet. Yeah. I said to my leaders that we are waking up at 3 o'clock on Sunday. I'm the same person who woke up at 3 o'clock and I said the Lord that, oh Lord, are you sure it's 3? Because, ah. oh, I got up, I got up, I got up, I pulled my mouth. I thank God for the Holy Ghost <laughs> who helps you to overcome. But you live in the knowledge of your sinfulness. Nice brother, you have just gone to go and visit the nice sister to just say something. Before you are aware, your body is trying to manifest. Everybody, we are all sinners. Now, what you see, you are righteous. The thing is that, okay, okay, please, let me give you one last scripture. Romans 6.23. To show you what God thinks of your righteousness. <laughs> okay. No, that's not the one. Okay. He says that wages of sin is death. I'm coming. I'm looking for something else. Hey. It's, take me to filthy rags. Hey. That what? Mercy. Isaiah 64 verse 6. We are all as an unclean thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome, unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You that you say you are righteous. Oh, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't fornicate. I don't. You don't, eh? What about the things that go on in your head? Even the way that you think, looking at other people. I'm not like other people, even that you have sinned already. He says, and we all fade away as a leaf. As you are sitting there, you are even fading already. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Romans 6.23, I'm finishing my preaching. Hey, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Look, this our sinfulness. Eh? If you are going to pay, you have to pay with your life. You have to pay with what? Only your life is enough. Yeah. Oh, me, me, I don't do such thing. You don't do what? Even the speaking you are speaking, you are lying. This morning when they came to call you, were you not, were you not telling lies already? Oh, I don't go to church today because my stomach is paining you. Your wages, if God was going to pay you back, and the death he's talking about is hell. The wages of sin, it will take you to hell. But the gift of God is a gift. I thank Jesus for the gift. Oh man, I thank God for the gift. It says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our son. You want eternal life? You don't want to go to hell? Just one qualification required. It's not like coming to tech where you need plenty things. You cannot have D7 in mass. You cannot have D7 in English. You cannot have D7 in... No, 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 no. For him, it's just one thing. Just one thing. An acceptance of the eternal life that is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. This morning is a time to think. I want you to bow down your head. 
And I want you to begin to think about yourself. There are some of you, you gave your life to Christ some time ago. But the truth of the matter is that you are backslidden away. And right now you are not sure whether you are born again or not. Oh, pastor, I thought if I receive him once, uh, that's enough. Really? Then what is the meaning of the story of the five, the ten virgins? They were all virgins. They all had lamps. They were all born again people. But five made it, five didn't make it. There are some of you also, you are in church and you are just comfortable in the atmosphere of church because of how you grew up. But you have never opened your mouth to personally receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And there are also some of you, you are in church just by grace. Today the grace of God just found you and somehow you just followed somebody and came. Or you just came yourself. Whoever you are and whatever you are right now, I want you to consider yourself. I want you to think it through. Or maybe you were like me. I grew up in a home where they always went to church. But I didn't know Jesus. I had not given my life to him. And at a point I fell away. No matter how righteous you are, you are not righteous enough for God. The only thing you can do is to receive this eternal life through Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you may be here this morning and you may belong to any one of the groupings I spoke about, but whatever group you are in, you are saying that I want to be sure, I want to have this eternal life. I want to receive this Jesus. I want to be born again. That's what you are saying to yourself. If that is you, wherever you are standing, lift your right hand up. God bless you. Lift your right hand up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Don't be so proud. Lift it up. Yeah. God bless you. Don't think about the friend by you. It's one man, one vote. We will all give account on our own. That friend by you will not be there. They will also give account of their own. If you have lifted up your hand, please just come to me. We're going to confess together. Today you will know that, yes, I have confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you have walked in church for a long time. Maybe you are even working in church. But today, I want you to think about it. Am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Have I taken that free gift? Eternal life. Free of charge. Free of charge. Somebody you are just not sure. You feel that you have sinned so much. You are just not sure. Just come. Don't think about anybody. Come because you need an assurance. You need to be sure. You need to be sure. Just come. Oh, I've even come before, but I'm just not sure. Come again. And so your spirit witnesses with you that you are born again. Come, come, come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Your heart is beating this morning. Your heart is beating. It's a sign all is not well. All is not well. Jesus is calling. Come, come. Let us make it well with him. Let's make it well with him. I'm bargaining for somebody. Your heart is beating and you are saying, let's move over this part of the service. Let's finish this part of the service quickly. If that is what you are thinking and your heart is beating, it is a sign to you that Jesus is calling you. He's alerting you to the fact that all is not well. Just come and join us in these last few minutes. Just come and join us. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't think about anybody else. Just come. Just come.
are standing by your friend and your friend is making some comments, just break free. Just break free of that friend and come. Just come. Just come. Yeah, just break free. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You are wondering what will other people think about me. Break through. Just break free now and come. Just let go. Let go and come. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, you are bargaining with yourself. You are saying that, ah, but Lord, do you know where I was last night? And you are feeling so ashamed. Don't feel ashamed. None of us is righteous. None. None. Just come and add yourself. Just come and add yourself. And feel that shame fall away. Jesus does not condemn you. The Bible says in John 3, 17, that he came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Just sneak yourself in and add yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that it's at work even now. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray together. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood. The blood you shed on Calvary. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my sin away and giving me eternal life. I receive the life that you've given me. From today, Lord, I am born again. From today, Lord, I am yours. I turn my back on everything that is not of yours. And I declare that from today, I am born again. Now, I want you to lift up one finger. You're going to address Satan. You're going to say, Satan, Satan. from today, me and you, it's finished. It's finished. I will not obey you again. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for calling each one of these, oh God. I thank you that their names are being written even now in the book of life. I pray for the assurance of salvation to be theirs. I ask, oh God, that you meet them at their point of need. May they never again doubt their salvation. But Lord, let it be precious to them, oh God. I thank you because of all that you are doing in their lives. In Jesus' name. And all the saints will say, Amen and Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.